Welcome to Fish Out of Water. I am Presley Walker, your host, and our co-host. We got a legend out of the podcast retirement thing, whatever he had going on. The real Akon, Alex Contreras. How you doing, buddy? Hey, what's up, Presley? Hey, I don't know about being retired, but I'm out here. <laughs> did you keep, what's up, everybody? Did you keep up with the series? I'm assuming so. Yeah, man, I saw that we... uh. We unfortunately lost to the Toronto Blue Jays, who the one pretty good baseball team out there. They play in one of the, the toughest divisions in all of baseball, American League East. Um, could we have possibly won the series? Yeah, I think so. You know, but just that's how it is in baseball. You can't win them all. Um, yeah. I, I predicted a 1-3. Like, I didn't think that they were going to win the series. But it was more disappointing when you come out. You went eleven nothing, and then you kind of shit the bed the next two days. But we'll we'll get into a game by game. Um, we'll open up with that eleven to nothing win. What are your thoughts on Elise, uh, Luis Arias going five for five? You know, for the third time this year. He's amazing, man. He's a hit machine, Luis Arias. Venezuela native, man. I'm so proud of the guy. He came to the city, Miami. He's he's, he's kicking ass. I don't know if I can say that, but I said it. Uh, <laughs> say whatever you want. Anyway, man. he's a, uh, uh, but yeah, man, he's a, he's doing great out there. It's incredible. Like for a second, all right, he dropped below four hundred. Right now, he's at three ninety eight, and he the guy went two for five on the night, right? So, it's crazy. You get a couple hits, and your batting average is going down. <laughs> but that's just uh, uh, how great he's been. Um, I was listening to uh, Bally Sports and and Tommy Hutton, the, the legend, the real legend, Marlins legend, was on the uh, right right alongside Paul. And it was interesting what Tommy said, like, the last guy that, that really hit 400, you know, Ted Williams, he had over 100 walks, right? And no, no, not taking any, anything away from, from Louis and what he's doing, what he's doing is incredible right now. Uh, but he doesn't really walk that much. So at the end of the day, that might hurt him in the long run. Hopefully it doesn't. Hopefully he keeps playing the, hitting the ball how he's hitting it. But it's incredible. He was like 75 points over second place in Ronald Acuna, so... Yeah, Keep it coming, guy. baby. <laughs> <laughs> cry, cry, baby. Cry, baby. Acuna. Yeah. I'm sure we'll get into that. They play the Braves in a week. Next weekend? Yeah. Yeah, they got 17 games left before the All-Star break. Uh, 11 of those at home. So you got to try to capitalize, bro. They've been, they've been treading water, like treading water in the sense of like they've been doing it without the, the Stars. You know, like we, we know Jazz. Jazz is on his way back. Hopefully, you know he he can start automatically clicking. This is not MLB the show or nine innings or whatever you play on, but like hopefully he can he can jump on and he can get on and start flipping. You know what I'm saying? Like bring that swag back into this clubhouse that 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 they really miss. Yeah, and then Solaire's been kind of up and down. However, he did hit a home run in that first game. 
man, at the end of the day, look, Soler's providing that pop, that power. The reason why we signed him, he's looking like a real World Series MVP. Um, he may not be hitting for average, so to speak, but, you know, it's hard uh, to compare yourself, you know, hitting for, for, for average when you got a Luis Arez on your team, right? But, like, when your job is to be the, the big boy and provide RBIs and hit home runs, that's what he's been doing. He's got over 20 home runs. So he's beasting. He's on pace to, to match or maybe surpass what he did in Kansas City as a Royal. That's that's exactly what you want as a Marlins fan. It's a, it, it's, it, it's, it, that's the good side of it. The bad side of it is that he's going to opt out inevitably because he's going to want to go get more money, and you can't blame him, but... Hopefully, he enjoys his time here in Miami so much that he just wants to stay. He doesn't want to go anywhere else, bro. So, uh, I, I want to give my flowers to Brian Hoeing. He's filled in a few times. And, you know, us Marlins fans have trashed on him every time he fills in. And then he does his job every time. He did it great in Cleveland when he did the same thing, filled in. And uh, so, I want to give my flowers to him. Just kind of come out and apologize for trashing on him. whenever He's been very solid whenever he's had to fill in this year. Yeah, he made those Blue Jays his hoeing. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, game one, blow out the Blue Jays, 11 nothing. You start to dip into that negative run differential everybody wants to bring up when they want to tell you that your team's not good at baseball. Um, then you come out in game two, and the young gun, Yuri Perez, throws a gem, and you drop it 2 nothing. Man, it's... It- it, it, you can't just look at the box score, right? Like, you really had to look at the game. Like, the Marlins hit the ball hard. You know, they, they took some really good swings. But at the end, of the end of the day, the ball didn't drop. And the Blue Jays did the opposite. They were hitting little bloopers that coincidentally turned out to be the, the game-winning runs. Um, so, you know, that's just how baseball is sometimes. You know, you, you can have the best swings, but it might not drop. And sometimes you can barely hit the ball and get a base hit. Texas League. It felt very similar to Sandy starts, in my opinion, last year. Whenever they would lose, you know, one nothing, two one, it was like they, especially with the way the cameras moved. I don't know if you noticed that this week, but like the cameras were moving in a way where it would trick you. Like today, they had two innings where they hit loud balls that were all outs, aside from the Jesus Sanchez double and the Cooper double, but they felt very. Like, it, the way the camera was moving, it looked like they were going over the fence. And then they just didn't. Like, a lot of them were, you know, 20, 30 feet short of the fence. And they looked like they were carrying out. So I don't know what was going on there. But... Hey, man, the camera guys are just amped up, man. You can't blame them. You know how hard it is to follow a baseball with the camera? I don't blame them. It's just, I don't know if there's, like, an angle that they're at that makes it look like the ball is carrying further. Um, Maybe they're just Marlins fans deep down, but he's... <laughs> They're hoping it's a whole run. (laughs) Um, But, yeah, it felt like they were hitting those type of balls in situations where they needed to get, you know, a single or whatever. And they would hit a ball that, you know, the camera made look like it was going to leave. And it was just, like, caught at the warning track or flagged down at shortstop. You know, like, um, I know I saw a couple times where Luis Reyes in the series hit a ball right back up the middle. And they were played right right for it like you know you see it off the bat go over the pitcher's head and you're like oh let's go and then it second baseman's right there for some reason so i was it's been kind of rough in that you know like with luis hitting 400 and like you said not walking a lot um when you put the ball in play that much 
you know, you're bound to ground into those double plays, which the Marlins have done a lot of this year. Um, but I've been asked multiple I occasions, mean, why why is Luis Reyes like a, a double play machine? And it's like, well, whenever you're putting the ball in play, 99.9% of the time, you're not going to strike out in that situation. You know, just happen to be a runner at first, and it doesn't get through the infield sometimes. It is what it is. Yeah, it doesn't have the best best of speeds, but like, you, you, I'll take I'll take what he does, like what he brings to the table. You know, like I feel like nine times out of ten he's gonna get that base hit. Like today, um, today was it today? Yeah, he had the final at bat, and like you felt good about your chances with him up there. You know, like the one thing that did cross my mind, I was like, all right, he's up here. There's a game time run. Uh, the the game ended six to three. Um, I just felt like, is there any way that he could just hit, like, a shot? You know, like like in the World Baseball Classic, he hit a couple home runs one game for a team in Venezuela. He hit, like, a double-decker. And it was just like, damn, he's got this guy's got that type of pop. You know what I'm saying? So, like, for, but but I know that's not the type of ball player he is. Like, he's not trying to hit home runs. Um, and, and that's why he has one on the season. Um, he has two. It, it did. It did, it did he, oh, it, two. Okay, yeah. So, so it did cross my mind, like, all right. You know, like, I, I just didn't feel like, all right, it, like, so leg hops in there, for example. And it's like, damn, I know he's about to hit a bomb. You know what I'm saying? You feel your chances are real good, and so going to hit a home run. So, um, but, yeah, I like Louis Arez, man, like, any spot, because you feel like he's going to give you that base hit that you need. I just wanted that that, that home run, damn it. <laughs> what do we, do we think, how many bats away do we think the Marlins are? Man, it, it, it it all depends on what, what, what route they really want to go, what their best options really are. You know, I like Nick Fortes. He's starting to swing the stick. Um, Jacob Stalins, like, I feel like he's, a, a, in a sense, a liability offensively. Um, I feel like he had way better at-bats. Um, I know he's a gold glover. I know he's Sandy's uh, catcher and everything. But, like, <laughs> the, the cat agrees with me, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> And it's just like, you know, like another route is like, you know, me and Gene Segura, like he, we signed him as a free agent. He, he brought leadership into the clubhouse along with Uriel Gurriel, uh, Yuli Gurriel. But I just feel like we need, we need more offense. I don't know if like, all right, now that, that Gene's hurt and now we'll see Birdie and Wendell Moore at third. And now we get to see Amaya short. You know, it, it, let's see what Amaya can bring to the table. But you, you, you'd love to go get another stick, you know. I feel like the White Sox are burning up. You know, they're, on, they're in flames over there. Some players, have, I've read reports, players want to be out. They want to get out of there. So they're open to trades. Will the front office, you know, pull the trigger on something? That's, that means, uh, like, we still got to wait and see. But it's definitely interesting, man. I'd love to see, like, what, maybe a Yohan Moncada. I tweeted this the other day. Or a, a Luis Robert, like an outfielder. Um, Maybe a guy that can just play straight center field. You know, Jazz is on his way back. Everybody's talking about, oh, we're getting Jazz back. But I still I still think we need another stick on top of Jazz. You know, um, Coop, Coop. Man, Coop is a, a, a complicated, complicated subject just because he was an all-star last year. But every time the guy gets it together, but he just gets hurt. Mr. Glass, he's always getting hurt. And it's frustrating because, like, you want to see him do good. And all of a sudden, today, he did good. He, did, he smoked a ball for a double, two-run double, you know. And that's the type of coupe that you want. And if that's the type of coupe that we're going to get consistently, then great. So be it, you know. But I just feel like it's just like a, a vicious cycle with coupe. 
And, like, every time he gets it going, some BS happens to him. He gets hurt or he gets hit with, by a pitch. You know what I'm saying? Freak freak accident stuff. I think we might need to try to capitalize, maybe a change of scenery for him. But the way he was talking the other day, like, post-game interview, um, I think it was with, with Kelly Sacco, he, he was saying, man, it's just, um, that's right, when it was 11 nothing against, against Don Manley and the Blue Jays, he said, you know, it's just a whole different vibe this year. You know, in the clubhouse, the, the coaches, the management, they believe in us, like, they expect us to win. And it's just like, I felt like he didn't say, you know, that's not what, what like, he didn't directly say, you know, Don Manley didn't bring that to the table, but just, it was like a shots were fired type of thing. You know what I'm saying? Like, you're saying that, you're saying, hey, you know, yo, they're doing it right. They're doing it the right way. We're having fun culture and it's fun baseball. So. I mean, the results are speaking. Yeah. Like, it's not, it's not just blanket statements this year. Like, they, the results are there. They're winning the games that they need to win. I mean, like I said, I kind of foresaw them losing two or three here. Like, it's a really tough Blue Jays team, and you just swept a team away. You get back to Miami. I didn't expect them to blow up score 11. I don't think anybody expects them to ever blow up and score 11 in the first game. But it was almost like, uh, you know, even good teams lose series. So, I mean, like, I'm not imploding by any means, like, my concern level, you're, you came back to Miami 10 games over 500, and now you're nine games over 500. Like, you, you lost a game. Yeah, we're still good. Yeah, we're fine. We're still good. I, I, you know, I, I saw a tweet today, man, and I, I completely agree with it. Um, it was saying that this team, exactly what you're saying, nine games over. You know, we've been doing it without Jazz. This team needs help. We've been doing it without Rodgers. Our pitching, Edwards went down. We've been doing it without them. Let's try to get this team help right now while we can, while we're ahead of the game. Let's not wait till we're back at 500 or where we're under 500, you know. Um, let's, let's bust moves, you know. Like, shout out to Kim Ang. She's been doing her thing. You know, she, she's got more hits and misses. Um, I was one of her strongest critics. I was, You know, too. I was happy when they initially signed her. And then, like, all right, it's like, all right, Kim, let's see what happens. You know, Jeter jumped the ship. And then it was like, all right, cool. So now it's, now it's Kim's club. What's she going to do? And... She came out. She made some monster trades. She she signed Sandy, extended him. She got Luis Arias. So it's like, all right, she's made she's made some big moves. She got Yuli Gurriel. You know, Yuli's brought like initially. I was like, ah, I don't know if I want Yuli another right-handed bat. But like, you think about, it, you look at the guy's resume. He's just a winner. You know, like he played winning baseball for for the national team in Cuba. He came over, won a batting title with the Astros, World Series with the Astros. So like the way that he carries himself in that clubhouse and like being the Latin culture, being Cuban in his community in Miami, bro. You know he's amped up. He can eat some arroz and frijoles, and some steak and shit. Turn it up. Have some Cuban coffee, some coladas, some batelitos. He's turned up. <laughs> so it's it's a beautiful thing to, to to see really come together and let Kim cook. Let Kim cook. Let her do her thing, Kimmy. Pull, 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 put the pull, pull the bunny out the hat. Pull the cat out the hat. Ah. A cat out the the room real quick. Give me one second. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so. I want to I want to float a couple teams around to trade with, and see how, what your opinion on them is. So, in my honest opinion, I think the two teams that make the most sense won't trade anybody. I think the White Sox and the Cardinals make the most sense. 
for the Marlins to trade with because you're talking about young controllable pieces, which I think if you're going to trade, those are the moves you're going to make. Um, but I don't think they're going to, you know, their their GMs are very stubborn. So I don't know who you would actually be able to grab out of those deals. Like you're not going to want an Andrew Benatendi from the White Sox after he just signed a, you know, $96 million deal or whatever it was. Um and then with the Cardinals... Unless just, you're willing to take on a big contract. Yeah, and you're not... Uh, the Marlins aren't, you know, willing to do that. So, especially with the ones that they have right now that have ultimately been fails. Um, what, what, yeah, I feel what you're saying. What I was saying about Ben Benintendi was only way maybe that's something like that happens because he was on the radar with the Marlins, I think, is that if maybe the White Sox are willing to take on some money and, and you trade somebody like Avi Sayo. Yeah, they'd have to take Avi and... Gene off your hands, lightly. I don't know if Gene, you throw Gene in the package, but if you get him to take Avi, it's a win. I don't know if you want to throw your flag in on Gene already. You know, <laughs> throw Avi and Jacob in there. Stallings, get rid of them both. Kill two birds, one stone. Oh man, <laughs> that'd be crazy. It'd be amazing. Nah, then that they'll they'll, they'll go crazy in Chicago they'll, they'll, they'll ride in Chicago <laughs> the White Sox fans what are you kidding me they'll burn that place down out there <laughs> I'm shocked they haven't already um, a couple destinations I really like like I don't know what catchers they're really going to be looking for um, I heard Arm Layton shout out Arm uh, I heard him mention you know he doesn't like Joey Bart but as a two catcher a backup catcher to Nick Fortes, I think that would be a much better situation, having Joey Bart and Nick Fortes behind the dish instead of Jacob Stallings and Nick Fortes. Um, obviously, everybody likes the idea of Elise Diaz. That dude is a uh, is a masher at home or at away. Like, it doesn't really matter where he is. I don't care if he plays in cores. That dude would obviously make the Marlins better. Um, I like the idea of Jan Gomes. Uh, you know, then you're talking about power behind the plate, good mix with Nick Fortes. And I think I like this idea because I think you can buy him low, but if you approach the uh, Guardians about Mike Zanino, Zanino would make a pretty good, you know, that dude can get hot for stretches and hit, you know, so layer type home runs. Like, you're not talking about cheap home runs. Uh, you're talking about adding power at a position that you're barely adding anything from right now. So uh, that's that's another guy I got my eye on at catcher. I think he just got designated for an assignment. Did he? And if he got yeah. designated for assignment and the Marlins aren't checking that out, then uh, I might have some beef with you got to take a fly. Yeah, because that dude can get hot for stretches and hit balls like Solaris hitting him. Let me look at that real quick. Is it? Yeah, I think I just saw that earlier. He Check was just straight out. released. Right. That happened three hours ago. Miami. So that's why I didn't see it. He better be on his way to Miami. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, seriously. Um, but yeah, and then you're talking about a free guy. Like you're talking about a guy that um, you're you're paying very little money for. And it gives you an excuse to try him out over like what what could possibly wor- be worse than Jacob Stallings right now? Like I guarantee you, if I pull up Zanino stats this year, which I will do real quick, they are not worse than what the Marlins are getting out of Jacob Stallings 
Mm. I mean, based on OPS, they aren't. He's batting 177 this year, which is not good. But he has three home runs and 11 RBIs with a 577 OPS. Jacob Stallings has a sub-500 OPS. I know that. He has a 168 batting average, zero home runs. Uh, it's just not good. Um, 165, zero home runs, eight RBIs, and a 490 OPS. So it is literally an upgrade. And a, a team that's not competing right now. It's 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 like going from a extra small soda to a small size. Yeah, soda. but you're talking about a team that is nine <laughs> games over 500, not releasing their trash catcher, and a team that's how many games under 500, releasing their trash catcher. Like, why has why is Jacob Stalling still on this team? Why does Sandy get a personal catcher? When you have a five ERA, I know what Sandy is, and I know what Sandy means to Miami. But like, we just have to be honest with ourselves. The dude has a five ERA this year. His recipe with Stallings behind the plate is not the same as it was a year ago. So we got to be talking about some different options there for him. Man, I think it's too early to t- still like. Yeah, I know it's frustrating. Everybody's getting frustrated with Sandy and everything. The, the ERA is at five. But it's just been weird, you know. It's been a weird season for him. I think he's going to bounce back. I think once the All-Star game hits, he's going to have time to, like, just freshen up, disconnect from baseball for a little bit. But, yeah, you looked at him today post-game, man, he looked rough. Poor guy. I kind of fell for him. You know, I'm not giving up on Sandy. He won the Cy Young last year. And I made a list of a bunch of pitchers that are going through it this year. Like, go look at Corbin Corbin Burns at Milwaukee. I can't talk. Um, go look at Alec Manoa in Toronto, who was just here. Like, we didn't see Alec Manoa because he's in wherever he is. Like, single A, is that where they sell? Um, then you got Dylan Cease isn't looking that great this year. I'll just read the list. Like, Sandy's not the only one that was impressive in 2022 that has fallen off a cliff in 23. Yeah, maybe he has to do something with the new rules. And that's you know, what I'm thinking because the pinch clock you got and Sandy and the, the bases. Manoa, Burns, Cease, Verlander, who won the AL Cy Young, Nola, Wheeler, Urias, and uh, Darvish are all ones that really stuck up in my head to like had a pretty decent to great 2022, and in 2023 has just fallen off a cliff. Obviously, Sandy and Manoa are on the extremes there, but, I mean, Verlander's not that far off, and he won the Cy Young in the AL last year, so. I think he'll bounce back. They'll bounce back. They just got to make adjustments. It's just, so you said it's all mental. It's just wild that there's I, that one inning he, you know, like, in today's game, he gives up five in one inning, and then the next five innings, he looks like 2022 Sandy. It doesn't make sense. There's no logic to, like, what are you doing differently for that one inning? Because it's been a trend for a month now. It's just one ending, whether it's the beginning of the game or the ending of the game. It's one inning that he's just losing it. Yeah, he just hasn't had that luck he had last year. So, hey, but going back to the you were talking about the trades, you know, a couple guys that they might not be superstars. Yeah, obviously, if we got our hands on a superstar, if Kimmy can cook up a, a superstar, like a whale or something like that for the team, it'd be epic. But some guys are, that aren't superstars, but I felt like they could bring something to the table. Um, 
I like I like Ryan McMahon, you know, from the Rockies. The guy that played third base, he played second, he can play first. Um, I feel like, yeah, we got, like, a version of him and, like, a Joey Wendell already. But, like, he's got way more pop. You know, I feel like he, automatically you can plug him in, like, the six hole or the five hole or the seven hole. Like, another left-handed bat option that would, would complement this infield and this team. Um, and and, and J. Mark Candelario, the guy from the Washington Nationals, switch hitter. Another guy can play third base, first base. Like, you, you like the way he swings a stick. Uh, Dominican guy, he's got local family in town. So, you know, look, those are guys that they're not superstars, so to speak. You know, they're not like a, like Chris Bryant, who's been doing terrible ever since he signed that contract with the Colorado Rockies. But, like, you know, like Mike Trout or Shohei Otani, not no superstars like that. But, like, these are guys that yeah, I think we still ball players make the trade. That, that would, <laughs> they should definitely do it, but they're not gonna they're not gonna dish out the money. You imagine if Sherman just pulled out of the wallet and said, kid, go get Shohei, and we're going to extend him. Give him the 500. We're going to give him 50% of the team. <laughs> what? You think he wouldn't sign? <laughs> In Miami, maybe not. <laughs> Who knows, man? Nobody thought Ichio was ever going to come here, and Ichio came here, and there was a lot more, like, Asians in, in the community, like, watching baseball. It was pretty cool. Um, Another thing, another player, or another deal that kind of, intrigues me so everybody wants to talk about the Pablo and Arias deal um but nobody really talks about the fact that they flipped you know Zach Gallon for Jazz which is a very similar thing like a highly touted prospect for another highly touted prospect and that's worked in both flavors for both ways for both teams different ways but um you know another deal like that maybe like a young controllable piece for a young controllable piece rather than like a thinking about what they could do with the prospect system over there in uh, Baltimore. Like, I know I like the outfield and what they got going there, but I think you could piece together a pitcher deal, a younger pitcher deal, um, for, like, an Anthony Santander over there. He's, you know, dude's got a good bat, adds a very, very good bat to a Marlins lineup that would need it. He's, you know, like a 260 hitter with some with some pop um and that's kind of what i feel like you're missing you're missing the balance here like you got you got arias who's on the the no pop all contact side and then you got you got Soler who's on the all power no contact side you know if you get that guy that's right in between that guy that's gonna hit 260 to 280 um maybe launch 25 home runs for you that's I feel what you're saying. I, I saw him playing in, for Team Venezuela in the WBC. He's a good ball player. He's got good pop. Um, I feel like, yeah, he could contribute to the team. But, like, where do you plug him in? Like, right, I feel like we, we need a center fielder more than a corner outfielder, right? Um, does that does that mean that you get him when, what, you slide Jesus over to center? And then what do you do with Jazz? You know what I'm saying? So, so it's, like, it's like a lot of moving pieces that you really got to think about. And I'm not saying, nah, I wouldn't welcome Santander. I just feel like... I don't know if he's a fit right now, so to speak. Well, I mean, you got it. It kind of depends on what you want to do with Jazz. Um, I think he would be a good platoon piece with, you know, uh, he's a switch hitter, so you could talk about maybe off. Like you might give up a higher pitching, like maybe I don't want to go this far, but like someone closer to where Edward Cabrera is. Rather than where, uh, you know, 
a Dax Fulton would be. Like, you want to give somebody an MLB-ready prospect for this, but you could also maybe try to dump off Avi there, and then you could talk about playing Sanchez and Santander against righties and playing De La Cruz and Santander against lefties. I just don't think the Orioles would be willing to take on an Avi. If it means what the hell is Avi going to bring to the, it, what's, what's Avi going to bring to the table for him? It's right almost now? like Santana is a clear upgrade. If you they are so desperate for pitching, where you're talking, it might be a deal where they're they're going to take the upside on a Edward Cabrera, which you might be overpaying, but then you're dumping Avi off too. So it's like we're attaching that mm. deal. It's almost like the Betts mm. deal to to L.A. Mm. Yeah, I feel what you're saying. I, I I think it's a tough sell for Baltimore, but I know what you're saying. Like, just just because Baltimore would use against us, like, oh, Cabrera's hurt. You know what I'm saying? Like, the thing, I think we should have pulled the trigger on a, a Trevor Rogers when we had the chance. Um, but that's a whole different. I subject. think Rogers is um, going to be better when he's back. I think, I think talking about the Baltimore Orioles and their prospects, if there's somehow some way, like I know we're talking about adding to this this team this year. If we can get our hands on a Jackson Holiday, you know, talk about Matt Holiday's kid. There's no shot. Come on, man. I would love it. You give him, you give him, give him Dax Fulton, give him Meter, give him Cabrera. You know what I'm saying? And make it happen. They're not going to, unfortunately, the Marlins won't do that. They'll, 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 I'd like to keep, you don't think so? I'd like to keep, they say two of them, send two of them over for Jackson. To be completely honest with you, I want them to make a trade around. Eater or Fulton. I want them to keep one of them, but I don't know which one. You know, that's kind of like if you were to approach uh, Chicago about a Luis Robert. Is it Robert or Robert? You might be able to tell me how to pronounce it. Robert. Okay, so it is Robert. Uh, if you were to approach them about him, you're going to have to give up one of those guys. And uh, then it kind of just depends what else they want to add around it. Um,. And that's the guy I want, obviously. Like, if you, like, if we're gonna go try to get a center fielder, maybe move Jazz back to the infield, throw him in at shortstop. Which I don't understand why they never really gave him that shot at shortstop when he is a natural shortstop. Um, a lot of people say his arm. His arm's obviously fine. Like, if you're playing center field, you can play shortstop. Um, for a natural, a natural infielder, not like a. I'm not saying like Brian Reynolds could go play shortstop. That's not what I'm saying. But like. If you're a second baseman that you're moving to center field, why don't you just move him over to shortstop? I've never understood. Like, maybe they just didn't like how he how he moved on that side of like his range, like going to his right, you know, like on the field. See, but that's not a, that's a crazy that argument the, though, because then it's like he's in center. He's got to be able to move one way or another. You know, you got to cover. You're you're playing a Lone Depot. I mean, that's yeah. a big outfield. Yeah. You got to cover a lot of range out there. He's got the speed. That's why you throw him out there. Like a shortstop, like, yeah, it's nice to have a shortstop with speed, but if you got a guy with, with more more range, like perfect examples, like Juan Pierre. Juan Pierre didn't have the, the strongest arm in the world, but he was fast as hell. Like, he led the league in, in stealing bases. And, like, speaking of speed, why the hell don't we use John Birdie out in center field? We always use him out in the corner outfield. What's up with that? I know he doesn't have the strongest arm, but come on, man. He's got speed. He's got mad speed. I feel like he's a way better option than, than, than Hampson. And, like, Hampson, like... He's been frustrating to see, like, defensively at times. But it, from time to time, he'll get a key base hit. So if you keep it coming, like, he's going to make a tough decision whenever whenever the hell Avi does come back, if he decides to come back, 
or, or, or Jazz. I think Jazz is going to come back uh, sooner uh, than Avi will if he if he does return. <laughs> but it's going gonna, it's gonna to force a hand on the front office to see what the hell is going to happen. Are you going to keep JD, Jonathan Davis, who hasn't been anything that very special since that, that first series uh, in Colorado? And then he had, yeah, two days, two, two hits eh, in like, what, 20 games? Eh. You know what I'm saying? So, and then like you think about it, it's it's, it's got to go down to him and Hampson, no? Like, uh, I mean, I think, and, and you like what Hampson brings to the Hampson table because he plays an infield and outfield. Hampson has an option, so that makes it a lot and a lot easier of a decision. However, also, um, Jonathan Davis makes that like that center fielder you could throw out there in the ninth inning when you need the secure defense. You know, like let's say you're winning three to two in the ninth, and but you know. Jazz not gonna he's not gonna sit well with that. He's like, hey, you gonna take me out, Skip? Come on, I dog. Mean, you know I'm the superstar. I'm the center fielder. Maybe not, but on the same time, it also might be a situation where Jazz is like, I want to win. So it could be like, I mean, I know Jazz isn't isn't like that. Like he's not he's not a very uh, I I want to say he's not a very humble guy. You know what I mean? Like he's not gonna be like doing the right thing for the team, but. You know, Skip's gonna know what's right, and if that's the decision he makes, that's the decision he makes. You know. What do you think about Yuri? I feel you. Man, Yuri has been phenomenal. He, this kid has been just off the charts. I, I saw him down in the minors, um, and and just like, yeah, he, he was like, hey, this kid's got it. He's special. And now he's just up here, and he's really doing it, and he's just, like, craving through, like, major league lineups. I think it's because the teams don't have, like, a scouting report on him yet, and there's going to come a moment where they're, they're all just going to, like, tee off of him, and I hope it doesn't come anytime soon, but, like, I saw a graphic today that he had uh, the, the best starts through Marlins history, and he was up there with the GOATs. Like, like you think about great pitchers in Marlins history, that list was there. It was a Beckett. Um, Beckett, man. You remember Beckett? Uh, you don't no. remember Beckett. Look right there. Well, man, whenever, whenever you get a chance to go on YouTube, check out the game, Game Six versus the Yankees. Watch the boy throw the curveball, the fastball. Hey, go. I think the D train. It was the Beckett, Johnson, um, and maybe Dontrell. I think those were the ones on that list. The the, the graphic that they showed today, and I think Jose Jose, yeah, Jose was on there too. I didn't know if he was on there. Yeah. Um, yeah, man. Do if you are in that front office with uh, Skip and Kim, right? And y'all are talking about Yuri and what what you're gonna do with him because you know all of everybody thinks slash knows. And when when are they gonna start cutting those that inning limit on him? The way he's throwing right now and the way you're starting pitching depth has been what it has been are you gambling on him or not it's a tough question you can't risk it to, you can't risk it man you gotta you gotta you gonna mess this kid's arm up it depends I, like it's it's your future you, like, gotta, play it by you gotta think about i feel you i feel i'm playing it by feel but like maybe you don't shut him down completely but maybe like I know he's been he's been doing great, phenomenal as a starting pitcher. But maybe you transition him into the bullpen. Maybe he turns out to I don't know because Puck Puck's been doing great as a closer, and I feel like our bullpen's been very strong. But it's it's tough, man, because you don't want to blow this kid's arm. You don't want to put an excessive amount of innings on him. Like yeah, this guy's throwing up numbers 
compared to like great ones in like Doc Gooden, Valenzuela, you know, like bro, he had one point eight or one point five eight ERA, something like that, something ridiculous. You know, one earned run in twenty something innings, like the kid's got it. He's doing great. He's twenty years old. Why would I risk the whole like I don't know, man. If 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 we're saying if Kim is saying, All right, I got the option to go get a bat, like a, a big bat, and we're gonna go for it, like we're really going for it, then all right, let's let's fucking let's ride let's ride his arm. Cause that's what the Marlins did with Beckett. They rode his arm, they rode D Trey's arm to, to to the World Series and they won it. So if you feel like you're in that position that we're gonna do it, let everybody we're all in. But if you you you're gonna BS us and you think we're not in it, then all right, let's shut down his innings. So, in my own opinion, I think you go keep doing what you're doing right now. I mean, obviously, that we're already running past that. Um, but eventually, Rogers or Cabrera are coming back. And it depends on which one comes back first. Then whoever comes back, you cut Yuri down on his, uh, his, pitch, his pitch limit, right? So you cut it down, you're probably looking at him throwing four innings rather than your six or seven, like he has been. I mean, he's been lights out. But that, that's what you're going to, you know, you want to cut him down to like four innings. And then once the other one comes back, I think you implement them in the rotation and you might move him to the bullpen in more of a long relief role or you just shut him down completely. That's my, that's my opinion. Like you send him down and he's not going to be pitching you know, let him throw his bullpens, let him relax for a little bit. Because, like you said, he's 20. But it's hard to say, like, we need to go from hero to zero immediately once one of those two comes back, which seems to be, like, the consensus on what they're going to do with Yuri. Told him at a time. We got to see who comes back first, where we're at, what position we're in. You know what I'm saying? Marlon's got to really have a, a, a serious talk with themselves. You know, Bruce... Hey, you got some time? Let's sit down. Let's talk, baby. Okay. These so, are the options. Here's, here's a good question for you. They go, the, the Orioles approach you. They say, we'll give you, we'll give you Jackson Holiday, and maybe another prospect for Yuri. You doing it? Nah. Nah, nah. nah. Pitching's too bad. Well, we got a right? Yuri's fit. Yeah, nah. Okay. Yuri's very special. I agree. I completely Yuri's very agree. special. Did you did you hear his interview you today know. on the broadcast? Yeah, yeah, he's a, he's he's a very humble kid. It's he so. sounds so young. It was almost like re eye opening that oh yeah, this kid's twenty. Yeah, this kid's younger than I am. <laughs> he's, he's he's man, it's just the beginning, man. Like, think about how long his career could potentially be. His career could be fifteen years long. He'll be thirty five. There's lots of guy in the league still at 35. He could retire at 40 if he wanted to, but a 20-year career. Who knows where it's all said and done. Is that a guy you'd be willing to take a pre-arb deal with? You know, like what the Braves do with? Oh, yeah, for sure. For it sure. just depends. If I can strike a deal ASAP. Hey, Yuri, we got uh, four years, $20 million. No, I'm thinking more like you know, a... Like a Spencer Strider thing, like hundred million, something crazy. I'm talking, yeah, probably like eight years, a hundred, something like that. Because I mean, the way he's pitching right now, his first year of arbitration isn't a little bit down the road. 
but it's also guaranteeing him money straight up, and you're guaranteeing you're guaranteeing him in a Marlins uniform all the way through 2033. Yeah, I mean, that's essentially what Kim did with with, with Sandy. Yeah, you can capitalize on this, yeah, and, and and Scott Scott Boris is in his uh, agent. I think you got a shot. <laughs> you know, ah, for sure. Um. All right. Let's. I know it's late for you. I've been sick all day. It's been a great day. Um, it's been a great day being that they lost. But um, let's let's run over the series and uh, we'll let you. We'll, we'll pick. We'll pick the winner and loser. And then I have one more question to wrap this thing up, and we'll be on our way until the next series. So they're going. They're, Pittsburgh's coming into town. Pittsburgh has sucked the last week and a half. Week, you know, two weeks. Um, very, very key especially playing in Miami for this team who seems to always struggle against Pittsburgh every year for some reason. I don't I don't understand it. Um, but you're talking about a struggling team coming into Miami, uh, a team that ha- I've been told a hundred times is better than the Marlins for some reason. Um, it's, a, it's a huge time to capitalize. Game one, you got Braxton Garrett versus Mitch Keller. Very similar seasons to this point. Um... Obviously, Braxton's been great for the Marlins. Uh, Mitch Keller has been a little shaky lately, and Braxton has had a bad start or two within his last five. But um, how how you feeling about this game? Man, uh, Keller Keller looks like a like he's been having a solid season. I think what he's like eight and two or six and two, something eight like that. Three. Yeah, there you go, man. He's been having a solid season, so. It's only natural for him to have, you know, uh, some somewhat of a, a shaky start or two or three or whatever. Hopefully that streak keeps on going out here in Miami and we can capitalize on it. Shout out to Braxton Garrett. He's been a guy that, you know, you were kind of like, damn, Braxton Garrett's in the, in the starting rotation, right? Like, like, no disrespect, but now you're like, damn, you're so happy that you do have him because he's been doing his thing. He, he's been one of those traditional old school pitchers that he's not blowing 100 miles an hour, 95 plus. But he's doing location. He's he's throwing his curveball. He's throwing his changeup. He's throwing his fastball. He's doing his thing, and who knows, man? If he keeps it up, bro, he can maybe he can pull out that inner Tom Glavin himself, man, and just keep dominating. See, I've been high on Braxton Garrett for a very long time. I've always liked Braxton. I think he's been one of the better first round picks the Marlins have had in recent years. Um, I think from the Loria era. Yeah, yeah. No, it's all the way. What is is he sixteen or seventeen? I thought he. I think he's a good question. He might be. He might around there, around there. Yeah, but I remember him being drafted and wearing the orange uni. So yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it was sixteen. Um, he was signed on July fifteenth, twenty sixteen. Me. Um, (laughs) but uh, he's been a quality start machine, man. And I don't, I don't know why he wouldn't come out against a Pirates lineup that has been struggling. That's a guy right there. Look. Braxton Garrett, everything he's been doing, like you feel like he he's been like he like if this was a stock market, you got to buy on, on Braxton Garrett right now, right? Uh, high potential, buy low. I mean, uh, uh, like just sell high right now. That's what I'm I'm trying to say. Sell high. Like if you get an opportunity to put him on the table for for a key piece that's gonna help you out somewhat. Like we we talked about earlier, Zach Gallon for Jazz, Luis Arez for Pablo. If you could get something like that going for Braxton. Right now, you can capitalize somebody that's in dire need of pitching, a left-handed starting pitcher. Like, there's not that many hey, that of them out there. Deal. You can't. That might be your deal for Anthony Santander. 
Maybe. If you want to, if you just, if you, you know, attach that Avi deal, if you can just get one for one, maybe that might be your deal. Maybe, but the, I think the only thing holding the Marlins back right now on doing something like that is just that you got both Rogers and Cabrera hurt and Quayle hurt. You know, so it's like Yuri's about to to go on that innings limit that we're talking about. So it's it's just like he's damn. definitely strapping them down when it comes to decisions like it, that. Definitely, because if not, if everybody was fully healthy. And everybody was clicking on full cylinders because it's been remarkable that the Marlins got this great record, nine games over 500. Shout out to that, bro. It's been 20-something years, bro, that they're kicking ass. I feel so happy to say it, you know. But it's like, dude, they, they, things are starting to happen. Think, like, we got to try to capitalize on this and, like, seize the moment. Like, it just, it just sucks because, like, the, our strength is the pitching. Our strength is the pitching. And it hasn't clicked on, on full cylinders. So, like, you feel like, all right, you know, we, we've been playing good team baseball, great team baseball. Shout out to Skip Schumacher. Shout, shout out to, to, to the hitting coach Brown. You know, to everybody, the whole culture, everything turned around out there. Everybody's doing their part. They're, they're playing baseball like a team, you know. But, like, imagine when, when the pitching starts clicking on full cylinders, if the whole team really starts clicking on full cylinders, what the hell is going to happen when Sandy stops having these weird little outings? You know what I'm saying? Like, Eddie Cabrera's going to come back, lights out. You know, Trevor Rogers is going to come back. I hope he comes back. I didn't like the, the whole second opinion thing. You're kind of shitting bricks out here, you know, because it doesn't, it, doesn't, it doesn't help you out. But, you know, if, if Lazardo can turn into Super Saiyan Lazardo, we got a legit shot. We really got a legit shot. So that, that's where I'm at, man. You know, like, I, I feel like I've, I've watched too much baseball to get so amped up. But, damn, let me just enjoy the ride while I can right now. Like, I know this is what... 70-something games that we play in the season. 75. It's still a lot, a lot, a lot. Yeah, a lot of baseball left. So We're still not at the halfway Damn, point. it feels good. It feels good that at least that it's freaking, we're past the half, the mid midway point in June, and we're Our still flow. We're not team. eliminated. We're not, we're not in those spot. memes like 10 games into the season, Marlins eliminated. You see those <laughs> memes. <laughs> so it feels good that we're not eliminated. We're, we're still in it, and... You know, bringing back that model that they had in 2020, man, that, that, that COVID, COVID shortened season that they made that little playoff run. Why not us? Bring it back. Why not us? We'll go out there, turn it up, keep doing your thing. Skip Schumacher, definitely got to be manager of the year. Uh, the way he's doing, he's pushing right buttons. There's only been a couple times that have been, come on, Skip. But, you know, two times out of the 75-plus games that, that we've seen the Marlins, I'll take it. I'll take so it. So are we taking, we taking Keller Braxton game one? I'm going to go Brax. I can't, you know, after I back him up and then go with Keller, it'd be fucked up. But initially, I was going to go, I was going to go with Keller, but nah, I'm going with Brax. I'm going with Brax. We've got one of Marlins. Uh, Friday night. Um, I'm already pissed off because I'm just now saying that it's on Apple TV, so I can't, I'm not going to watch the game. Um, <laughs> that sucks. Uh, Luis Ortiz, I think, th- I think that's his name. They just have it as LL Ortiz. Yeah, Luis Ortiz. Okay, I was right. Versus Jesus Lazardo. Um, Lazardo is having a better year, but Ortiz is not a bad pitcher. Like by any means, don't let the don't let the ERA fool you. Um, who, I need Lazardo to turn it up. We'll take. You're gonna show out. We'll take Lazardo over eleven over eleven strikeouts. Over That's eleven strikeouts. That's the type of I need from him. That's the, yeah. In the first five innings. Five innings. Love ba, 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 okay. Ba. okay. Straight up, straight up. He's gonna come out like savage mode. 
looking at this, not very many people on the Pirates have hit against Lizardo. Nobody on the Marlins has hit against Ortiz, but uh, I've seen Ortiz throw a few times this year. He's not he's not a bad pitcher, man. Um, but I'll take Lizardo. Definitely will take Lizardo. My, money, my money's on R.I.'s getting a hit off of him. I, <laughs> I like it. Um, originally, I was going to pick... <laughs> this game for the Marlins to lose. However, they're playing against Osvaldo Beto. Never heard of the guy. He's a 27-year-old. Looks like a rookie. Yeah, rookie. Um, he's thrown 10 innings this year. He looks very similar to what Brian Hoeing, who he's facing, has been for the Marlins. However, Brian Hoeing has done it better. Brian Hoeing has a 2.7 ERA for the Marlins this year in 30 innings pitched compared to Beto's uh, 3.6 in 10 innings. Who are we taking in Game Three? I'm, I'm, you know what, man? I don't want this to be like a homer show, and we're all gonna say the Marlins gonna go through your nose. So I'm gonna go with the Pirates. So they're gonna pull some BS, and they're gonna win that but game. The more I'm looking at it, though, I feel like I gotta take, I gotta take the Marlins here. All right, so you got three O U, two one me so far. The, un- right, the only four game series. The only hitter. And it's crazy, like, looking at this because the matchups, I guess, just for both teams, nobody's played against these pitchers because the only hitter on either side that have faced either of these pitchers is Andrew McCutcheon. He's 0 for 1 against Brian Hoeing. That's it. Nobody else has, played, nobody else has faced him. So, Hey, what a great story, man. Cutch back out there in Pittsburgh. Oh, yeah, no, he's it's been, good and he's been good. He's been genuinely good for them. So, I mean, last game. Um, it is... Jo- uh, Johan Oviedo versus Yuri Perez. Oh, this guy's going for the straight sweep, huh? You're going for the straight sweep? <laughs> I don't think I was going I gotta to, get man, co- but... I got the Marlins one in this one. Come on, man. Yuri's on the mound. I can tell you that the stats here against uh, against Oviedo are pretty good for the Marlins. Uh, birdie's two for three. Hampson's 1 for 3. Stallings is 0 for 1, but who cares? Stallings doesn't count. And Jesus Sanchez is 1 for 3, compared to nobody, obviously, for the Pirates of Face Gury. And Oviedo's 3 and 7 R- this year, man. 3 and 7 with a I bet our eyes get to hit it. I bet our eyes get to hit off of them. I'm going to go with our eyes get to hit in every game, and the Marlins are going to sweep. There you have it. I, w- I was not going to pick a sweep. Initially, I picked a split, but knowing what the Marlins are doing on the mound and knowing what the Pirates have done over the last two weeks, I'm going to stick with it. We're going to run a sweep in my four-game sweep in Miami. Man, that'd be nice. <laughs> I'm gonna. I'll get a. I'll get us a. I'll get us some sort of like horn or something going on. <laughs> Whenever on. one of us picks a sweep. I don't have one right now. I'm still working on whatever this website is, man. <laughs> but okay. Well, word, man. Final question before we 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 get out of here. Um, I posted this on Twitter last week, but going into the national series, um, it's actually where I made my initial predictions, and my opinion has changed on this. Um, but going into the All Star break, the Marlins had to go nine and five to win over 46 and a half games. So 47 games into the All-Star break. Are we going to take the over and under over under 46 and a half being that they are now 4 and 2 into that stretch? 
They yeah, they have four our, against our Pittsburgh, three against Boston, and one against Atlanta. Look, I'll tell you right now. Our, or no, by the end of June. That it wasn't the All Star break. End of June. By the end of June, they got it. So at this point, they have to go five and three in the last eight games. And they play Pittsburgh four times, and then who else? Boston for three, and then Atlanta for one. Oof. One, two. Based on my picks, I took... I think they they can get five wins. I, I took... I went two and four versus Pittsburgh, and then I have them sweeping Boston. That might change by the time we record the next episode. Um, and then... I had them losing the one game against Atlanta, but yeah, here I got it. I got this is what I got right here. I got um, three wins versus the Pirates, one win versus the Sox. Uh, uh, it's that last game. Right? Yeah, one win, and, and 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 they lose against the Braves. And the only reason why I don't feel so confident about them winning in Boston. It's just because they haven't won since I don't know how long. It's been I don't know how many years. I went to Boston a couple of years ago, thinking, "All right, I'm gonna help flip the flip the curse," you know. And damn, it sounds like you gotta go to Boston next them. week. Yeah, man, I'd love to. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I know it's late for you. I know you're looking at what two a.m. right now. Two o eight. Two o two o eight. <laughs> and the three o five. All right, well, I'll let you get some rest. So I'll get this. Uh, posted by the morning all right man well uh go fish we'll be back on monday probably i think they're off on monday so it'll be a perfect day we can we'll record in the morning have a little bit of a longer episode maybe be hopefully be hype hopefully be hype all right see you later alex